0: 2 Samuel 19, we were there last week, but now we're going to pick it up to the rest of the uh, chapter here. I'm going to start in verse 8 in reading, but just to give you a little bit of a quick background, Absalom, you remember he staged a rebellion against his father, wanted to throw his dad out off the throne and actually kill his dad. And then uh, David, uh, he flees Jerusalem and a lot of loyal supporters go along with him. And then Absalom, eventually they come to a battle, and Absalom, his army is defeated. Absalom is killed, uh, 20,000 soldiers. But David mourned for his son. That's, that's what we uh, emphasized last week, and his son Absalom, and he had such grief. But now it's time for David to get up and to uh, return to Jerusalem, to reestablish the kingdom under his rule. Now tonight's message is about David's return to Jerusalem, and the grace that he extends to those along the way. Now think about it, there was a whole lot of different responses to David after he ran or uh, fled Jerusalem, um, and I think there's good reason a lot of people are worried, David's coming back. A lot of people are happy about it, there's, so there's differing, differing views, and we'll talk about that here this evening. But let's begin reading there at verse 8. And read down the ways here. Um, uh, Okay, Um, no wonder it did not look right. I'm in chapter 20. But chapter uh, 19 and verse 8. Then the king arose and sat in the gate, and they told uh, unto all the people, saying, Behold, the king doth sit in the gate, and all the people came before the king, for Israel had fled every man to his tent. And all the people were at strife throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king saved us out of the hand of our enemies, and he delivered us out of the hand of the Philistines, and now he has fled out of the land for Absalom. And Absalom, whom we anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now therefore, why speak ye not a word of bringing the king back? And King David sent to Zadok and to Abathar the priests, saying, Speak unto the elders of Judah, saying, Why are ye the last to bring the king back to his house? Seeing the speech of all Israel has come to the king, even to his house. Ye are my brethren, ye are my bones and my flesh. Wherefore then are ye the last to bring back the king? And say ye to Amasa, Art thou not of my bone and of my flesh? God do so to me, and more also if thou be not captain of the host before me, continually in the room of Joab. And he bowed the heart of all the men of Judah, even as the heart <coughs> of one man, so that they rent this they sent this word unto the king, Return thou and all thy servants. So the king returned and came to Jordan. And Judah came to Gilgal uh, to go to meet the king, to conduct the king uh, over Jordan. And Shimei the son of Gerar, uh, a Benjamite, which was of uh, Baha Urim, uh, hasted and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. And there were a thousand men of Benjamin with him and Z- uh, Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul and his 15 sons and his 20 servants with him. And they went over Jordan before the king. And there went out a ferry boat to carry over the king's household and to do what He uh, thought, good. We'll stop right there. Well, look there, verse 18 again. And Shimei, the son of Gerar, fell down before the king as he was come over Jordan. And so we'll look at this in a little bit more detail here. But David's return, again, finds Israel in various states of mind. Some were happy. Some were mad. Some were fearful uh, because David now was still on the throne. And so each one, they meet him with a different attitude and a different point of view. Now David, as we just said, he won the battle against Absalom, his rebellious son. Now that he um, was set to return to to Jerusalem, many wondered, well, how in the world is David going to treat those people that weren't very kind to him? How is he going to treat those people who opposed him? Now, you know... The old flesh. This is what I'm thinking. Is if you know, I'm thinking, boy, now you guys are going to get it. Now, do you remember what you did? Uh, that's what the old flesh wants to do. But we'll see what David does here. And this was a this was in the hearts and minds of a lot of the Israelites as they knew he was going to be returning. Treat his opponents with harshness, with the kind of treatment they gave him, or would they, or would he treat them? Um, with some kind of disfavor, they didn't know. But instead of uh, this deserved harshness, humanly speaking, they deserved to be run out of Jerusalem themselves. They deserved, in some cases, even worse than that because of what they had done against the king, God's anointed. Remember, they were not just going against David. They were going against God. And uh, so we see David, though, he doesn't do this. He doesn't come back like a bull in a china cabinet and say, okay, the sheriff's back in town, now I'm going to get revenge. No, he doesn't do that at all. Um, We see him displaying grace and mercy uh, to all of those. He he meets them coming along the way to Jerusalem. And verses 8 down through verse, really the entire chapter of this, this chapter here, it shows us the grace. Of David the grace of a returning king um, but not everybody's happy as I already mentioned not everybody's happy to see the king and and I want to intertwine this story with a story of another returning king the king of kings and Lord of Lords the Lord Jesus Christ who left this earth one day and uh, and said he was going to come back uh, and of course, when he, when he uh, arose from this earth, he went back to where he originated, and he is God. but he said, as he was leaving and other times, even before that, that he would return. Remember John chapter fourteen, great passage where he tells his disciples, "Let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God, believe also in me And he talks about the many mansions, the many rooms in this these places that he is preparing for those who have put their trust in him, and that he's coming back, he's coming again. Acts chapter 1, when he was ascending into heaven, and the angel said, why stand you here gazing? This same Jesus will return, and, and we have that promise. Revelation 22, John said, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I don't know, I've been praying that prayer a few times here in the uh, recent days. But now the truth of the matter is this, not everyone will meet Jesus the same, will they? Not everybody's going to be happy to see Jesus return. And not everybody is going to be waiting for him with uh, uh, excitement and joy. And some will be, yes, happy and excited to see their their, uh, Savior return. Others, saved individuals, there are going to be some of those that are going to be caught off guard with their hand in a cookie jar, so to speak. Uh, they are not uh, prepared. Uh, they're saved, but they're maybe doing some things they ought not be doing, and the Lord returns. And then there will be others who still who will be uh, found lost and undone, and they'll find that all they have to look forward to is an eternity in hell. What an awful outlook that is so there's fear there's excitement there, there's many different ways in fact right now there's there's a lot of doubt by some of the world ah oh, that that's been said for years jesus there is no jesus he's not going to return whatever they they uh uh want to say but uh we have all all kinds of precious promises in his word uh to to tell us that he is coming but his grace david's grace was offered To uh, the helpless. As he came back to Jerusalem, there were many Israelites that began to understand they were completely helpless. Verse 8, the last part of verse 8, it says, For Israel had fled every man to his tent. All those in Israel, the ten northern tribes who had supported Absalom, who had supported his rebellion against David, They all ran back home. They were afraid, and rightfully so. They had opposed King David. They had sided with the enemy. And so now they're heading, hightailed it back home. And so they acknowledged that David, David is the one, not Absalom, that David had delivered them from their enemies and from the Philistines. They had forgotten it along the way. And I, you know, look, Absalom. He was great. He, remember, he was a very handsome young man, a very dynamic person, no doubt, and had convinced people uh, to go against his father. And so, uh, he was uh, he was manipulative. He was dishonest, and uh, but many people were gullible and forgetful. And what you know, in America, we have. A lot of that going on, don't we? People have forgotten their history. In fact, worse than that, we have people who are rewriting the history and erasing a lot of uh, things that should never should be remembered. But they, uh, these people here, they, they argued among themselves. Um, you know, they realized that the king that they had a, uh, backed was dead now. And the anointed king, David, was coming back uh, to be in his place. So they, they argued among themselves about bringing David back and to be king over Israel. But they had been uh, a part of that rebellious army and had tried to kill David. So these people had a problem. How in the world are we going to approach the king? And how are we going to get his favor once again? Now, can you, I, I mean, just put yourself in their shoes. Here they, not only really were they speaking against the king, they, are, they had physically taken up arms to go against King David. They wanted to kill the king. And now, so how do, how do, you, how do we do this? We are guilty. We are, they just ran home. They didn't know what to do. And so that's a similar problem to the, the sinner today that a sinner has in relation to God. How do we approach a holy God who's without sin, God, that we are guilty of breaking His laws. In fact, it can definitely be said, we are guilty of, of nailing Him on the cross of Calvary because it was our sins. How can that sinner gain favor with God? And, and so that's the helplessness, and we've all been there. In fact, we had to come to that point where we realized there's nothing i can do i am lost undone without god bound for hell and there's no way that i can ever do anything to gain favor with god and so like israel a lot of people today are they're very indecisive uh how a lot of them dealt with it they just ran home uh they're unable to um, meet their needs they're helpless to Right, the relationship with God. But the good news for the people of Israel is that David took the initiative here. David, to to, to do what they were unable to do themselves. David came to them. David forgave them. David showed grace and mercy upon them. And I thought, what a great picture of, of the way God is. God pursued us. What we could not do, he took the initiative and sent his only begotten son to die on the cross of Calvary for the, for the sins of all of mankind. And that is what made it possible, who, what built the bridge between mankind and God to make the relationship what it used to be before the fall. And so uh, that, that David showed grace to the helpless and praise God, he God shows grace to us in extending uh, salvation or offering salvation, eternal life to those who will trust in his son. So David extended grace to the rebellious and to the helpless people of Israel. Did they deserve punishment? Yeah, they did. They were wrong. It doesn't matter if they got tricked and lied to and deceived. They were wrong. They can't say, well, Absalom made me do it. No, they had a choice. They chose wrong. And so they deserve, look, just like in our situation, our relationship with God. The honest truth is, we all deserve hell. We don't deserve God's grace and mercy. Not at all. But aren't you glad he's offered it to us anyway? And so praise God um, to, to us that were helpless, rebellious, God offered salvation. His grace was offered to us. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. So then we see another group of people that David uh, offers his grace to. And that is the humble. And I, I you know, we'll, we'll see this in, in verse, um, look at verse 16. Shimei, the son of Gerar, a Benjamite, which was of Baha'yuram, hasted, and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. Now, um, you know, there David arrives there at the Jordan River as he's returning to Jerusalem. He comes to the Jordan River. And remember what happened? You remember Shimei? Remember what he did? How when David was leaving Jerusalem, this is the guy who was hurling stones at him and his men. This is the guy that not only that, he was cursing David and running alongside him. And just a real pest. Um, You remember what Abishai wanted to do? David, let me cut his head off. David, let me just lop his head off right now. That will end this. And I'm sure some of the men said, yeah, please. But David wouldn't let him do it. And now this is the guy that comes running down. He had to have fear in his heart. This guy deserved punishment. This guy deserved In fact, he had committed blasphemy against the Lord's anointed. He deserved to die. He was worthy of death. And and he probably expected David when he was leaving Jerusalem, I'll never see this guy again. He's out, he's gone, he's going to be defeated and destroyed. And boy, I can say what I want, do what I want. now he's coming back. Uh, The king is back. And so, by, again, I remind you, by cursing David, Shimei was guilty of, of blasphemy against the Lord's anointed. And, and he was worthy of death. Yet, what did he get from David? Mercy. Grace. And um, David was returning to Jerusalem victorious, though brokenhearted because of his, the death of his son and the death of thousands of his men. But now, uh, again, Shimei had enjoyed freedom while David was gone and thought David would never come back. Uh, But when he saw the king returning, he had every reason in the world to worry. Can you think about it? Do you think there will be some people who will be worried if the Lord Jesus Christ was to return today, tonight? Probably so. Whose hearts, I'm talking about believers. People who have put their faith in the Lord, but maybe they're backslidden, maybe they're just not walking with God, maybe they uh, themselves have done some things that were uh, just just awful uh, in disobedience to God, and uh, they're worried. So Shimei, he he had to rethink his relationship with David real quick here, and we see him hightailing it down there. But notice how he responded. I said the word humble. And now some believe he was not. But notice verse, um, let me find it here, 18. And uh, and the latter part of verse 18 Shimei the son of Gerar fell down before the king as he had come over Jordan and said unto the king, Let not my lord impute iniquity unto me. Neither do thou remember that which thy servant did perversely the day that my lord the king went out of Jerusalem, that the king should take it to his heart. For thy servant doth know that I have sinned. Now, what does that sound like to you? Yeah, that's right. He's repenting, doesn't it? Now, some, some commentators say, well, he didn't, it wasn't really true repentance. But all we can go by is his words and what it appears to be, and David believed him. Uh, here's a man who's humble uh, uh, enough to come before the king, cast himself before the king, and said, have mercy, I was wrong. Uh, don't think about that Uh, uh, forgive me for that for i have sinned and he was willing to admit that but uh and and once again um abishai one of david's generals uh he he certainly thought that hit this repentance wasn't real he still wanted to cut the guy's head off um must have had an obsession with that but uh this guy wasn't liked at all And, and for good reason for what he did to the king And, uh, but yet David wouldn't have it. Look at verse, um, uh, in verse 22, David said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah, that ye would, uh, or should this day be adversaries unto me? Shall there any man be put to death this day in Israel? For do I know know that I am this day king over Israel? Well, I skipped verse 21, where Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, um, uh, answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this? And, and I'm, I'm sure he had already drawn his sword. He was ready to take care of the job. And then verse 23, Therefore the king said unto Shimei, Thou shalt not die. Boy, can you imagine those words, how welcome they were to Shimei. You're not going to die. I'm, I'm sure he was looking at the men around David whose hands were probably on their sword. If not, Abishai probably had his drawn and was ready. And, um, but then David, the king, says, You shall not die, and the king... Uh, swear unto him made a vow to him a promise that he was not going to die so it's true that shimei had once been angry against god's anointed against the king that god had put in place but now david saw a man who confessed uh, you mentioned first john 1 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins what a great picture again of the lord jesus christ who forgives the ones who do not deserve forgiveness. None of us do. And yet he forgave us. And so Shimei is a picture of every sinner who uh, comes to the Lord. And uh, so he confessed his uh, fit of anger as sin. He didn't try to sugarcoat it. He didn't try to excuse it. He didn't say, you know, it's all Absalom's fault. He lied to me. No, he said, I did wrong. And that's, that's good. So David extended grace to the, the sinner, grace to the humble that confessed his sin. And then there's another response here. Look with me at verse um, 17 and 18. And we see a betrayer here that he meets. Um, and Shimei didn't come alone uh, uh, to the Jordan River, he didn't come by himself. In addition to the thousands of Benjamites uh, who were with him, it's, it says there in verse, um, well, let me make sure I'm in the right verse. And uh, 17, uh, yeah, just look down in the middle of that verse and his uh, 15 sons and 20 servants with him. And they went over Jordan before the king. And there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good. And Shimei, the son of Gerar, fell down before the king as he came over Jordan. Now look with me down at verse 26. This is still this group at the Jordan River. He answered, oh, my Lord, O king, my servant deceived me, for thy servant said, I will saddle me an ass that I may ride thereon. And uh, now, now this is, this, this is Mephibosheth speaking uh, uh, about Ziba, his servant. He's the one that came out to David. He brings these, uh, he brings the donkeys and the food and the other accessories that they needed and said, you know, hey, you're. Servant Mephibosheth. Remember who Mephibosheth was. Mephibosheth was David's best friend's son, Jonathan's son. And so David had brought him into the uh, king or the kingdom. There had let him. He was eating at the table of the king, and gave him great wealth. True. Remember Mephibosheth is crippled, but the reason I bring this up now, because we're going to look back at Mephibosheth in just a moment, it's his servant. Ziba or Ziba, however you want to pronounce that, and uh, this is—he uh, uh, he lied about his his master Mephibosheth. He said, "David, Mephibosheth, uh, the reason he's not here is because he wants to uh, uh, serve as king because he knew he wants you out, and that never happened." And so Ziba lied about uh, Mephibosheth. And so, giving, he gave the king food, uh, but Ziba took the time to slander the name of Mephibosheth. Um, and by doing so, he gained all that property that David gave for Mephibosheth. And so, you know, again, uh, Ziba betrayed his master, and we saw, um, you know, he stayed there in Jerusalem, and David did not take the time nor try to find out if this was true or not. He just, I guess, and, and, you know, our heart can go out for David because think about it. He's had all, his own son has now risen up against him. Many of his faithful followers are, went against him. And so he's just thinking this is just par for the course. This is, everybody's doing this. And he just assumed that was the truth. So, but in short, Ziba lied to the king and attempted to deceive David. And so, do you think Ziba was happy to see King David come back? I think he's a little worried because now he knows David is going to find out that he lied to him. And again, not sure how David was going to uh, react to him. He was a betrayer. And uh, so, without hearing Mephibosheth's side of the story though, back earlier when David left Jerusalem, he gave everything that belonged to Mephibosheth, he gave it to uh, Ziba. And now, David um, met with the, uh, or met with Mephibosheth there in verse 26. He hears his side of the story now, after all this time. And, and, and again, we'll, we'll talk more about him in a moment. But rather than betray or, or excuse me punishing ziba who is a betrayer, rather than punishing him uh, for betraying his master he returns everything that he had given ziba he returned it back to mephibosheth but also he made ziba everything went back the way it, it was beforehand ziba would be kind of the manager of the property and all the prophets he would take care of the needs of mephibosheth and uh, back in chapter 9 we saw how that was handled and in verse 29, he says this, I have said, thou and Ziba divide the land. So they would farm the land, they would share the, the produce in such a way that would take care of all the needs of Mephibosheth. So David could have punished Ziba, this betrayer, and, but he, um, he did help David at one point, and he seemed willing to uh, do so again. So David gives him a chance. And he extended grace to the one who betrayed his master. You know, the honest truth is, there was a time that we all were enemies of God. We, um, what's it say, Romans 5 8? But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet lawbreakers, while we were yet enemies of God, Jesus Christ died for us. And so, again, uh, what a great picture of the grace of, that was extended to those of us who did betray our Lord, our Savior. And uh, we were given a chance to receive salvation. And then his grace was offered also to the unworthy. Now we're going to talk about Mephibosheth. Now the reason I say he's unworthy, yes, he was crippled. That's how society would look at someone. He's not really worth the time. There's nothing, you know, he's useless. Uh, He's just a weight society David did not view him like that at all but let's pick it back up we already read a couple of these verses but look at verse 24 and Mephibosheth the son of Saul came down to meet the king now this is a total different different response he wasn't worried he he wasn't angry Uh, he wasn't afraid he was excited he was happy came down to meet the king and had neither dressed his feet nor trimmed his beard nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed. Now I bet he was pretty ripe then. But um, it was a clear picture that Mephibosheth was mourning the loss of King David. And so he was uh, uh, very clearly seeing that he was not trying to uh, take the king the throne at all. He was wanting King David back. And it came to pass there in verse 25 when he was come to jerusalem to meet the king that the king said unto him wherefore wentest thou or not thou with me mephibosheth why didn't you come mephibosheth why didn't you join us and he answered my lord O king my servant deceived me he's talking about ziba ziba lied about him slandered his name for thy servant said i will saddle me and ask that i may ride thereon and go to the king because thy servant is lame And he has slandered thy servant unto my lord the king. But my lord the king is an angel of God. Uh, Do therefore what is good in thine eyes. And again, just uh, he's excited to have the king back. And uh, he doesn't care about all this land. But let's see. Let's go a little further down. For all of my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king. Yet didst thou set thy servant among them? That did eat at thine own table. Talking about how he you know, let himself come in to the king's home and with his family. And what right, therefore, have I yet to cry any more unto the king? And he said, You've already done so much for me. I don't deserve anything more. And the king said unto him, Why speakest thou any more of thy matters? I have said, Thou and Ziba divide the land. And Mephibosheth said unto the king, Yea, let him take all. For as much as my lord, the king has come again in peace unto his own house. So Mephibosheth, he can have the land, he can have the money. All I want is the king, David, back on the throne. And so we see his real heart here. But David kind of was a little rough on him here uh, in, you know, in treating him in this way. But it didn't affect Mephibosheth's love for David and uh, that he... Uh, uh, didn't care about the property and all this he didn't care all he cared about was um, he, he didn't want to be the king he wanted david back on the throne so David wanted to know again why of course you know, mephibosheth was crippled he said Ziba lied about this he told me he was going he was going to go in my stead but he lied about me and um, so um, he loved david and r- remember mephibosheth was Again, David's best friend, Jonathan's son, and David um, uh, had allowed him to eat at his table, and that was going to be, that's all that Mephibosheth wanted. And uh, so everything kind of went back to the way it was. Um, But there are, you know, uh, there are some who spend their lives waiting for Jesus Christ to return. Some of you, when you've been saved, a good long time. I'm not going to ask ages again. But you've been saved a good long time. And you've heard the truth that Jesus Christ is coming again. And, and you know this to be true. And, and, um, and you've been looking for his appearing, looking for his coming all these years. And for those who have been looking for the appearing, the return of Jesus Christ, the, the rapture, those who have longed for uh, his coming in the air... there will be no sweeter sound than to hear that trumpet blast and to hear that shout from heaven, come up hither, and what a a joy that will will be. But I want everyone who is looking for the Lord Jesus to know that one day, your heart's cry will be answered. And um, Jesus will do exactly as he said he is going to do and he will return in power and glory he will take his people to be with him in heaven uh, the rapture of course the next thing happening and then of course when he comes to the earth after the tribulation period to set up his kingdom we, we know all this is going to happen in first thessalonians chapter four a great passage of scripture uh, talking about the rapture i just realized what time it was And I don't know what happened to the time here, but I thought I had more time tonight. And uh, so we're going to have to wrap this up. But, um, and and of course, 1 Corinthians 15, also talking about the return of Jesus Christ. And so, yes, praise His wonderful name. Jesus is coming again. And uh, He will have mercy and grace on uh, the unworthy. And we all are unworthy. We all are crippled spiritually without the Lord. So thank God for his grace and mercy.